Hello everyone, my name is Paulo and today I'm joined with Nathan Gomez. Hey everyone, welcome. Uh, so today's topic is going to be on gratitude. And uh, the reason behind this topic is just because I've been noticing for the past week and a half just how many of the events in my life which I considered to be negative for the for in my perspective were negative actually were nothing else but blessings in disguise so I really for the past this week I've been really grateful of just not only the good things in my life but also the bad ones and once I was open to realize how much good there has been in my life I was able to move from the negative emotions and actually be more grateful and like loving towards others. So that's the reason why I personally wanted to talk about gratitude today is because I believe that by being grateful, we have a great power to actually not only affect our environments, but affect our life and move, move forward in a more loving way. Yeah. One of the, one of the best quotes that my mother what my mother taught me um and so the situation was that i was pretty kind of i mean i had problems in school i was kind of slipping towards depression and i was starting to see really life as evil and awful and in that situation my mother gave me this advice you know the best way to beat depression or to beat e bad thoughts is thankfulness to look at what you have and that, yeah, we're actually so rich. And uh, just a few minutes ago, I was uh, having lunch. I was eating with a friend, one of the guys who lives here uh, in our corridor. And I asked him, what does he think about gratitude? And the first thing that he mentioned was, it's so great to live here and to have electricity. Yeah. It's, it, I think sometimes throughout our life, we, we take so many little things for granted that we actually forget or even we, we tend to ignore how others don't have these things and just we're completely blinded to it. And even when you look 100 years ago and just our medical advancements and just the type of society that we have today, we really are abundant. We have created a great abundance. And I think one of the major reasons why a lot of us are, are depressed is because we don't see these things. We take them for granted that we never dealt, we never had it without. So by being grateful of the little things in life, just having someone to talk to, for example, or having a bed to sleep or just, yeah, just things like that, we can move forward in a more loving way. And it actually pushes us to actually, or at least it pushes me to just thrive to help others to have these things that I take for granted because... If I have them, why shouldn't others have them as well? So it also creates a sense of purpose and, and mission and drive, which I think is really important. Also, to focus on being thankful, being, uh, yeah, to, to think for things that you have, shifts your focus from things you don't have to things you actually have. And, you know, oftentimes we get so lost in, you know, oh, I wish I could have this, and oh, I wish I could have this job or I wish I mean especially now in Christmas time you know we wish for those gifts but like are we really thankful for what we have last Christmas I did a small joke with my family and um, so <laughs> I went to their rooms and stole some things 
from them and wrapped them into gift paper. And then I gave it back to them. <laughs> and kind of like with this, actually exactly with that thought, like, hey, here, this is what you have. Don't, did, did you think of it in the last time or something? And I mean, they they took it with humor, but also uh, I hope that they also got the message. You know, it's it's a great thing to to own things. And I mean, an even greater thing to have a family to... I mean, oftentimes we are also so focused on things, yeah. but just, I mean, a family is not a thing. No, but no, it's, no. It, there's not really a good no. expression that we have in English either for... No, not really. And I, I think for me, like, this past week and a half, it wasn't necessarily so much about the material things that I've had, mm-hmm. but more than anything, the support and the love that people have given to me in those moments where, for example, I felt the most unloved. Because I think it's important to understand that there is a part of us that does feel unloved, and... People, like, in, throughout my life at least, they were always there for me even in those moments. Even when I was being mean to them or something, they were there for me. Even in those moments where I didn't believe in myself, they believed in me. So really looking back at my life and what allowed me to be the person that I am today, it was just a sense of gratitude. But not only to the love that people gave me, but also the harsh lessons uh, life has given me as well. The, the moments where I had to come, where I had to face a lot of my fears and how that allowed me to be more courageous to take a stand and to actually guide me. The, the fear is there really to guide you towards towards your greater path, your, well, the thing that you actually want to push forward because that requires a courage. So it was like, wow, thank you, life. Thank you because no matter in those times where maybe I felt the situation was detrimental for my health or I view it as the end of life, something that was horrible, now looking back at it and how it has actually changed me as a person, mm-hmm. what attributes I've grown and how it's helped me become a better man, I just looked at it and I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this is one of the, I, I think, strongest or most difficult steps in growing up to really realize even bad times in life actually bad times this is the main part or where we grow the most yes and to you know be be able to let go in a way and to say like yes i was hurt in that situation but i got up i got up from it i learned something from it this is one of i think a very yeah (laughs) something i have to work on a lot oftentimes um but i think yeah for for every human being this is a very difficult thing and something that we all strive for to achieve it definitely is because i mean at the end of the day it's about relinquishing control Mm. and i think sometimes in life we try like for example when you talk about possessive things like i want this thing i want this thing if we focus so much on the things that we want and we try to to control the outcome of things where in reality and this is a, a pill that i believe we have to swallow somewhere along our lives is that we actually have so little control over lives because we're being influenced by our environment. We're being influenced by so many people. And we can only influence others and things very minimally. So I think when you relinquish that control of trying to con- to control the outcome that you want and just being open for what it is, I think that's when life gives you the most growth and actually the, mo- the more courage and just like it allows you to see clearly as things are. So 
for me, for example, this this past Friday, I went to a uh, a like a meditation healing session where it was like with eighteen people, where we meditated and it was a Reiki healing session. And as I was sitting there with people that were really there to go within themselves and to, I guess, let go and being open with with people, I started to notice a lot of the things where I was trying to control and how. Like in my past, for example, one of the major things that appeared to me was uh, how I had a really good relationship with my aunt. And there's an aunt that I consider as, as a mother for me. And somewhere along the lines, along my life, we had to depart our separate ways. So it was like losing a mother. And it was always very difficult to reconnect with her. And there was always a lot of resentment and there's things which I tried to control. But once... I let it go and be like, okay, I accept that there's nothing I could have done. There's nothing I, I, I could do. Those are the things that they were just the way they were. I was a kid. Life happened. You know, we have to make sacrifice. It's okay. Once I did that, I started to feel this love that I felt for her and this wanting to connect back to her and just being grateful for the lessons and everything that she has taught me. Things which I had completely forgotten about in my life were clearly shown to me and said, hey, you had to move on from her. You had to learn your own lessons. But look how much, how, how much of, of, of you is her as well. And that was the gratitude. And I was like, oh, and I cried and I was just extremely happy. And I don't think I've ever cried like that because it wasn't, while crying was painful, it was at the same time liberating and because he was crying of gratitude i had never cried of gratitude in my life and it was a transformative experience really yeah um i find it interesting i think those two things they're very closely linked to be able to let go and to be thankful they're not the same but they are very closely linked and i also find it important that you know there are bad things that happen in life there are and we're not trying to call those you know they're actually good or something like but i think it was very nice how you said it like it was like you you didn't uh neglect that your aunt leaving you was a uh, something hurtful in your life but what you got thankful for was the lessons that you get that you got from her and that she was so much a part of you it was not you know that that she left you that you were thankful for so there are things that we are not happy about and that we don't need to be thankful for but we we have to also let go of them we have to be able i mean in the end of the day it's about stepping forward not getting stuck in the past exactly and i think thankfulness is what really can help us to see hey okay something bad happened but I still have hope. In a way, to to be thankful means you also have a future perspective in some way. You have something that you're looking forward to. I, I think it wasn't necessarily... Because, I mean, at the end of the day, no one left anyone. It's just life happened. You know, and that's, and that's the major thing. It's a part of me had felt sad because I felt she left me or I left her and all these things. But that wasn't how it was. It was just life happened. And from there on, I've learned many lessons that otherwise I couldn't have learned if I would have been with her. So it's the same thing that 
people will constantly come in and out of our life and not everyone is meant to be there for the rest of your life and sometimes you go away and then you reconnect back but what is important is to just be thankful for the moments that we've had with those people and that's really what stuck up to me is like yeah if i if i would have lived in mexico my whole life and i would have stayed in one of my, with my family and just lived that life in mexico I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I wouldn't know the things that I, I've had today. I wouldn't have experienced the things that I've had today. So I had no control over them, yet I am completely grateful for them because they allowed me to have a different perspective in the world. So it was just about that, okay, why am I angry over something that I'm actually really happy that happened because it made me. So that's that was like the letting go and it was like, you know, the pain was there. The pain was clearly there, and I had to go within that pain and tore me apart. But it also made me more hopeful for the future. Because I think now that I've gone through that experience, once an experience, a similar experience happens again, I will have the wisdom to see it for what it is and appreciate the good and focus upon that good instead of trying to cling into it. Yeah. And I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I find it so interesting because... it. Christianity is exactly has exactly the same as its core actually a Christian it's you know many people think a Christian is someone who lives according to certain values who does those rules and then God will reward him in the end that's actually not what Christianity is Christianity is a relationship with the living God and so to live in a relationship means to you know I mean there are bad things that happen in our lives that's there is sin that we did but the core thing of christianity is god himself loved us so much that he himself came down to earth to die and to take our sins so that and all we really have to do is to be thankful and to accept this gift god gives us and then live accordingly i mean Many people, they say, oh, yeah, now Jesus died on the cross, so we are free of sin, so we just have to, you know, do our prayers and we'll be forgiven. That's not at all. That's not being thankful. This is not understanding at all what the Bible or what Christianity is about. And it's I find it very sad that many people see it that way. But I think the the reason why is because people want the easy way. Because at the end of the day, gratitude and acceptance for the good and the bad requires a lot of courage. And at least for me, being grateful for the good things was actually more difficult than being grateful for the bad things. Mm. Because I've always felt like the bad things were there to define something, to to make me grow. Whereas the good things, a part of me never felt worthy of. So it was accepting also that I myself didn't see myself as someone worthy of having good things happening to himself. But once I shift that perspective and allowed to see my whole life as it really is and the type of person that I am, I was like, okay, you know, you are deserving as good. And when bad happens, you are deserving as bad. That's the way life is. So it was a complete acceptance that really helped me. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. To, to shift this perspective, I find it very interesting what you said with you didn't feel yourself worth enough because I have this feeling or I have this feeling very often as well. And it, it truly actually is, you know, you think when, when you have bad things happen to you in life, you think a lot more about them. And so in a way, 
it's also a little bit easier to accept bad yeah. things that happen. Good things, sometimes you don't accept them. Sometimes you just take them for granted because they're good things. You don't think much about no. what is actually good in life. And there's, there's something in psychology called the negativity bias. And it's just the way our brain is, is really wired for the past for in the past at least we were hunters and gatherers so therefore we were always trying to survive so when something negative happened our brain would constantly think about that situation so that we would be able to prevent it in the future and when something good would happen would essentially just slip it off so the best way analogy is like your mind is kind of like velcro for negative thoughts and then like a, a translucent translucent material for positive thoughts or for positive things whereas when something negative happens like you said we overthink about them. When somebody positive happens, we just kind of accept it and let it go. And really, like, when you think about your life, when something good happens in my life, I don't necessarily obsess over it so much. But when something happens, I think about it and I think about it and I think about it. So it's about relinquishing control of both the good and the bad. Because if you focus much, much on the good, for example, then when the bad happens, it's going to be completely detrimental. When you focus on the bad too much, when something good happens, you're not going to feel worthy of the good and you're going to be thinking that something, you're going to be anticipating something bad to happen. So it's about being in the middle, neither being, neither, neither in expecting the good, neither in expecting the bad, but just being open for what there actually is. It's hmm. hmm. interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's nice. Nice. But so, how would you say it? What what could be a, in a way, practical application for accepting good things? So, how could we, how could we, you know, I mean, how could we use this information in something, in our daily lives? Well, or like, yeah, I I, I think, uh, for example, when you look at our economy or just people that rise to success. When they focus too much on the good, they become prideful. Mm -hmm. So when we focus on that and we expect people to bring good into ourselves, mm -hmm. then our actions back towards them not don't come from a place of love, but come from a place of pl of pride and ego, ego egotism, really. Yeah. So by neither clinging to the good nor the bad, I think you can come from a more genuine place where you just accept everything as it is and actually just... Try to be open with the experiences that are given to you. Not necessarily building too much, not obsessing over something, not clinging to that character so much. Because if you do something from your heart and you're, the universe gives back to you and it, it shows you the way, but you become prideful, that pride would slowly deviate yourself from the goal that you actually meant to, to, to actualize. So it is important to always check within yourself. Am I holding too much? Am I, am I being too obsessed over this? Or just how can I relinquish control? Because I think a great leader is one that actually allows the people to, to lead for themselves as well and helps them guide and not necessarily forces them things. Where if you, for example, become very good at something and then someone gives you an advice that might be really good because you're... You're obsessed with that uh, whatever mindset that you've you've acquainted yourself with. You might completely ignore that, and that might create resentment. So now you've made an enemy. So it's about being open, I think. 
So yeah, you you said don't cling on it too much. Like, but what does this mean practically? Like, how do we know that we cling on to something too much? Well, if you're trying to control the outcome, mm-hmm. you're clinging to it. I can give you an example. Uh, for example, with with my friend, I was I was trying to just tell him about meditation or just just how to how to do it, and he would say. Well, I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. And from experience, I know that, uh, I told him, it is that trying, that because he was like, I'm trying this in meditation and it hurts and it hurts and it hurts. And I just, I, I was trying to do it properly. And I said, well, to meditate, you really have to let go. You just have to let things be. That, that you trying to make it be good is actually stopping you from actually meditating. So... I was trying to tell him that, and he would be like, no, I tried, I tried. And then I was getting frustrated. So I started to feel frustrated. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to control. I'm trying to get the lesson into him, and I'm trying to control that. But that's a lesson which I cannot show him. That is something which he has to understand for himself. So I saw, okay, I'm controlling this. This is something that I want him to know. I want him to, to, to understand but I simply can't. But I mean, this situation now was you were trying to teach someone something. Yeah. And as we know, we cannot change another person. Yeah. So this is one thing, like in general, controlling other people, that will not work. Yeah. We, can, we can try to help them. We can guide them, but we cannot change them. Mm-hmm. We can, maybe we even can force them, but yeah. <laughs> we don't want that. No, no, no. No, but um, what I meant, like, this was with a different person. Oh, so, like, in but daily life, is... in your daily life, for example. Yeah, for okay. example. So, I'm going to give you an example right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, right now, I've been working with this innovation thing with school mm-hmm. and all these things, and I've been getting really excited, excited about the future and just the things that I want to do. But I also notice that while I get excited about it, there is a part of me that wants to control the outcome, that wishes it to go perfectly fine and that wishes it that it would have that it could do it as fast as possible so in that moment when i notice myself you you you're you're thinking about it too much or you want it too much relinquish control because you simply don't know what's going to happen you don't know the people that are going to come into your life and something that i've noticed is that once i let control and i just i just did the daily things for example acquiring a skill right the reason why we acquire skills is to be able to interpret into the material world the things that we, our visions or whatever. That's, that's the way we do it. Whether it's through drawing, drawing, mathematics, and invention. These are things that are in the mind, but you need to be skillful. When you're performing the skill, if you're thinking about the outcome, like, oh, I want to just know it, know it, know it. Then when you're learning it, you're going to get really frustrated very quickly because you're trying to be there now. It's like, I want to be in the top now. And that was, that was me with math, with math, for example. For the past week and a half, I've just been like, okay, I really love math. I believe that I would eventually be able to get to that point where I'll be able to understand it intuitively. Okay, once I let go of the outcome and I said, I'm going to learn every single day, my learning completely changed. Suddenly, things started to click in because I wasn't trying to control the outcome. I wasn't trying to outdo myself or anything like that. I trusted myself. I trusted the process of getting the skill and I was open to 
the daily day day to day moments that would allow me to be there. So once I had that shift, I was like, wow. By relinquishing control, I gain control. It's par it isn't paradoxical in nature, but it's not. Because I think when meditation, for example, anytime is like I want to I want to be connected or many people that want to reach enlightenment. I want to be enlightenment. I want to be enlightened. I, 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 I. So it's a lot about the I. When you try to do that, you're out. You're you're trying to outdo the universe. You're trying to one up the universe instead of trusting the natural process that will take place for you to either achieve that wisdom or to realize that you always had that wisdom within yourself. You just had to be open for it. So basically, what I was thinking or where I tried to get at, it's it's not about, um, you know, just sitting back and letting it, you know, letting it go, letting it just move on by itself. No, you no. do sit down. You do study maths every yes. day. You do learn, but you don't, let's say, basically, you don't put the stakes too high. Exactly. It's more about what is it exactly that you expect. Do you expect to be Einstein tomorrow? Or do you expect, well, to know this chapter by tomorrow? And I mean, this is, I guess, where it really comes down to. It's not about, it, like, self-control is, is a virtue, I would say. Self-control is a virtue. You want to achieve something. Yeah. You want to have a goal. Yes. But you don't, like... And that's something that you have to learn, not to set the goal too high. And I think this is really the important lesson, I guess, that yes. we can take from that is, you know, we we do want to achieve something. We do have a target. We have a goal that we want to achieve and we cling on to it. We move towards it. Otherwise, yes. well... Yeah, otherwise you're going to be stuck. Exactly. But at the same time, we also accept that we are not... Well, we're not there yet. Yeah. We are we we accept that we're on the journey, we're on the way there. Exactly. And I think it's like a kind of like an analogy with water, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, you have the the water flowing from a mountain to the river. The water knows that it will get to the river. It knows its destination. So just like in life, when we set a goal, really the reason why the goal comes is really unknown for us. Somehow this this purpose comes to you and it's like I want to do it. So you have the destiny. But no matter what, the road is going to be completely blurry. It's going to be completely foggy. So I think if, if we hold on to whatever happens throughout the journey, whatever lessons, so the best way I, could, I, I would represent it is, you know, the water is flowing and there's rocks along the way. The water always takes the, the, the path of leaf resistance. It doesn't cling to the, to the rocks along its way. It just lets them go. It appreciates the lesson. Okay, now I go this way. And it keeps flowing and it keeps flowing. Now, in our life, if we cling to, to these rocks that happen to us, these obstacles that occur to us, and we become frustrated and fixated upon them, it's kind of like you're hitting the wall, you're hitting the wall, but you're not realizing that to the left, there's a path to the stream, and to the right, there's another path. But you're so fixated on this, it's like, I want to, I want to, I want to, that you just have to relinquish the control and say, okay, when I get there, I'll get there. And really, you have so little control of along the path because throughout your life, when you actually, and this is from my personal experience, when you actually put yourself out there, when you surrender yourself and are open for things to happen, that's when things actually start to happen. That's when people start coming into your life. That's when you start discovering the courage within yourself 
because you're not fixated enough on the problem you're just open up on the lessons yeah i mean a, a lesson that was very important in my life that my father always tried to teach me i don't think that he succeeded just yet was that um i i'm someone who is more who's very relaxed about things about exams about school about just life in general i just you know let things go for me it is very important to learn i all that there are also goals there are things that we have to achieve and you know i mean water yes water follows physical rules water is nature we humans we have a consciousness we can decide to go against what our nature would be yes. and in one way this sets us apart from nature and gives us opportunities that we never would have had as apes yeah. <laughs> but at the same time it also poses this great danger what you said that we keep hitting against the wall and so what i find very important is to th there's this prayer that we i, I believe we already mentioned yeah. that uh, once before it's actually called the serenity prayer and it goes god help me to accept the things i cannot change give me the courage to change the things i can and wisdom to know the difference yes and yeah i, I mean this is really the the life's wisdom also to really how to really get to the gratitude and to not necessarily gratitude but maybe peace within yourself is to i guess learn how to distinguish them because oftentimes i mean it's word is not black and white like this no 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 and i mean i think at the end of the day if you're trying to for example the definition of insanity is trying to do something over and over again and getting the same result mm -hmm. so if you see yourself or you catch yourself like I want to do this, but I'm failing, and I keep failing, and I keep failing, and I keep failing. It's it's not about changing the goal, but it's about taking the, changing the approach of the goal. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe for example, with, with math, I'll give you an example. I'm trying to understand this. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Why don't I get it? Why is it that I don't get it? And it's just I'm just fixating on why I don't get it. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, okay, let me take a step back. Let me look at it brand new, mm -hmm. as as if I've never le learned this before. And once I started doing that and being curious about it, because you have to also have a sense of curiosity through life, a sense of openness of like, mm, okay, let's see what today will bring. Whether it be good or bad, mm. tomorrow is going to be a new day. Tomorrow is going to bring its own lessons. But let's see what today brings. Yeah. So I think once you let yourself be that open, mm. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer to, or, or have pain. Superficially, you will suffer. But fundamentally... You will have the wisdom to discern the, or to, to separate whether you're clinging to the suffering or you're just like accepting the pain that is at the moment. Yeah. There is this passage in uh, Matthew, um, I believe, yeah, 19 through 33. So whoever wants to look that up, basically it's uh, the chapters in Matthew. So Matthew is one of the Gospels in the Bible, the first book in the New Testament, um, a story about Jesus. Uh, he gives this Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 through 7. It's one of the most famous sermons that Jesus gives. And in chapter 6, verse 19 through 33, 
Jesus talks about how to deal with wealth. And so first he talks about, you know, those three different kinds of wealth. There is food, like what will I eat? There is uh, nourish, like drinks, what will I drink? And clothes, what will I wear? And Jesus basically gives a few analogies, you know, you see the flowers. They're so beautiful, but they are gone after one day. Don't you believe that God who created those flowers, who loves you personally so much more, will not give you the clothes uh, that you need? And so basically he says, um, yeah, seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will be given unto you. And seeking the kingdom of God means to say, okay, I surrender. God, you will take care of it. You will take care of the situation. And, I mean, live in love as well. It's not just to give up, but also to dive in, to help others, to be there for them. And the promise that Jesus makes, and it could be also kind of be taken as a challenge, well, if I really live according to this, will God give me what I need? And I would say so far, at least my life experience is that it is true. Yeah. That if I go, if I help others, if I live with them, I feel the blessing coming back to me. Yes. What do you? It's the same as karma. Yeah. For every action, there's a reaction. And when we talk about Buddhism, for example, or Tao philosophy, uh, they talk about when someone reaches enlightenment is they get to the point where they realize that there is nothing they can do to reach that state of mind because they're coming from a place of the ego and the ego always tries to control and it's when they relinquish that control and say i completely surrender and i am completely present but for whatever it is because at the end of the day enlightenment is, is being present and to be present is to be open and to completely trust everything that's happening around you. Everything, view everything as perfect. That's really what it is. As I have absolute, absolute faith that things will, will work accordingly because I have no control over them. There's nothing I fundamentally can do. Because, for example, when you think about, about our world, our earth, right? There's so, so much one man can do. It's what everyone does. It's, it's a collection of, of everything. So, for me, it's like, okay, let go of that control. Just allow for things to happen. And that doesn't mean not stopping yourself and just sitting there and meditating all day. And just, okay, the world will fix itself. It's not about that. But it's about, okay, I'm going to be open and really use my intuition to be able to navigate through my daily lives one day at a time and believing that I will get there eventually. That's it. I don't know if I understood this correctly, but to me it just seems like there was a contradiction what you just said. Because you said it's about seeing the world as being perfect as it is, but then at the same time you said, no, but we have to still work on the world. Because how how can you... It's not... I mean, this this is something that is important to me again, to see the world fails the world is not perfect we have to work on the world but at the same time we know that there is something greater i I think uh, that that same thought of you trying to control an outcome or like the world is not perfect or i should change it it's kind of like 
things will change on its own. Like change, change is something that just happens. There is actually so little control that we have. The world is constantly evolving and changing on its own. That's the way nature operates. And we operate by these laws of nature that affect us. But when we try to control the outcome or we try to go against them, that's when a lot of the suffering happens. So it's about being open and saying like, okay, if, for example, like you can view the, the universe as a, as a mesh, right? As a, as a network, for example. Each person has a one individual network. If I have my connection within my own source, within my own self strong enough, and I am open to receiving the, the wisdom and knowledge of whatever I will, or of however I can help people, then I will be able to have closer connections with the people above me. But if there's being change around the world and the universe, God, whatever wants me to step, step up and actually help others, but I am myself trying to control that outcome or I'm trying to go against it, I'm trying to... To say, no, this is not the way it should go. Because that's kind of like your fears or egos or whatever things, right? Mm-hmm. All these insecurities that you're trying to, to fight against. If you try to fight against them, that's when the suffering will come. And that's when progress will not be achieved as, as it should. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, be open. Be patient. Learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also allow yourself to, to realize that you're going to make mistakes along the way. Like, I think any any path to, like, self-realization comes from a place where, or it re- it's really the combinations of trying to do some things the certain way to realize that that's not the way. So keep failing, 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 and failing. But it is not until we're open to actually failing that we'll be able to learn from it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book Ecclesiastes. And there, you know, in the Old Testament, there was this great king, son of David, called King Solomon. Maybe you heard of him before. He was known for being the wisest man ever. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it okay, it's a little bit argued if you go deeper into it. But basically, most scholars agree that he wrote the book Ecclesiastes. And he was a man who also experience a lot and he tried out a lot of things what is wisdom what is the world what are we all about and this book ecclesiastes the first time i read it i was like that's a depressing book basically over and over it has this phrase meaningless meaningless everything is meaningless and uh, not up until bible school i started to really understand what that means because he doesn't only say that but he says under the sun And so if you look at this earth, things that we can achieve, like things that, whatever, like if you put your value, if you put everything you have in whatever, your job, your wife, your family, those things will change. You will lose them. And in one way, absolutely, that's a depressing message. But it also means this is under the sun. This is basically this reality. But there is more. There is a higher reality. And if we find... Well, if we gather treasures in heaven, that's something that Jesus said, this is when we will put basically our money in the right place. If we don't... Yeah, don't gather treasures here on earth. Don't hold on to the things that are onto this, on this earth but instead invest into love, 
compassion to other people. There's a, a very nice picture that, uh, who was it? No, there was a book about how to deal with money that I read. And there was a very nice picture where he basically said, imagine you're in the, in the American Civil War, north against south. So you're in the southern states, and somehow you get the intel the southern states are going to lose soon. But you don't know when. So you have to think about it. How much... Because you want to get as much of your money in the northern currency, because the southern currency will not be worth anything anymore, but you don't know when it will happen, so you do have to survive until then. Like, you don't want to change everything and then end up on the street because your money is not worth anything yet. And I think this is... It was a pretty interesting, pretty good picture as well to, you know, be wise about how to invest and what to take important on this earth. We know that things will not last, but at the same time, we are pretty much depending on each other, on food, on money. So at the same time that we say, okay, we want to detach from it, we say, okay, we still have to stand at least with one foot in, have a job, work, contribute to society. I think it's like uh, Alan Watts is a... He wouldn't consider himself a Sun Buddhism or anything like that. He's just, mm. I would say, an enlightened enlightened guy, really, that studied uh, Sin philosophy, Buddhism, and he was a Westerner, he studied science and all these things. And the best way I can describe it is like, well, there is that that part of me that transcends things, my, my, my connection. And so that is to be. So to be, to be really is to detach completely, to allow to see yourself that everything is in a constant flow of appearing and disappearing. Nothing is permanent in this life. Whatever you attach yourself to, be, to in life will disappear. That is something that you have to accept. That's the way things are constantly creating and recreating themselves. So that's, that's the being part. But he also acknowledges that there is this persona, this character, this, this, he says this Alan Watts, this essence that is still navigating through this life, that is still putting, playing its role, as he would say. And the, really the word persona comes from mask, like an, like a, like an actor. So we all have our, our persona. We all have this kind of like role that we play throughout our life. But it is important not to define yourself too much with the role. Because you are more than the role. Yeah. If you if you your whole life define yourself to the role and that's all you think, when you die, where where do you go? Yeah. It's it's very it's very difficult and that's kinda like where the karmic cycle repeats itself. And the Buddha when he said it is like life is like a cycle. You create a reality, you go with it, you go with it. But if you cling yourself to that instead of just allowing to see transcendently as things really are, you will never escape that cycle. And I was watching the movie uh what's it called? Uh Inception yesterday and it actually made me start thinking about this a lot because they get to the point where you know They're able to create their own life. They're able to to create the whole world and they're the gods of their life but I started thinking well If we were for example if we were gods and you were able to navigate through life to create everything and do everything in life Wouldn't you just get bored of that? There would be a point where it would be so boring to have absolutely everything, everything in your life. And then you will go ahead and you will get lost. 
you will fall back into another layer of reality where things are you're not necessarily in control and everything is just happening so you experience and you go these things but maybe throughout those lives those lives and in that reality maybe we get lost because we get attached so much to those realities and those personas that we live by every single moment not realizing the true nature that we all are so i think to to become enlightened at least is to detach yourself from this persona and to allow yourself to see like for me it's like about this connection like i don't i when i was for example thinking about gratitude and everything in my life i realized that the person that i am today and the things that i have in life i could have never had without others so therefore i am not an independent human being i am not i am not an individual i am a part of a collective and that collective has shifted me and has molded me to become the person that i am today so i am the things that i try to control are really stupid for me to try to control because everyone around me has an influence everything around me has a, ma a bigger influence than i ever thought so it was like about acceptance like okay if i for example try to change and i try to preach a message or help the world but the world is not ready to be helped or ready to do anything then i have to accept that i have to accept that it will take its course and I don't have to suffer about it. I just have to let it be. People will grow in their own time. And it's kind of like this quote that I saw on Facebook is, before you heal someone, make sure they're ready to let go of the things that they need to be healed from. Yeah. Yeah, I recently watched this very interesting video by a YouTube channel called Inspiring Theology, where he was talking about heaven and hell. And basically... Uh, and I think this was based on something C.S. Lewis said. Um, uh, in hell, it was not, you know, people suffering because they were tormented or something. It was people who put all of their love, all of their compassion and everything on this one thing. On this one, whatever, like one example was this mother who put everything she had on this son she had. And he was... No, he was not everything she had. She had other kids as well. But she completely blended that out. And she only had this one son. And she was so angry at God that he took this son from her. But basically, she never got to let go of this. And I think this really is... If you don't see life as a cyclic thing, but as something that starts and then goes to an end. So I believe that after death, it is not, um, you know, yeah, I believe after death, it is whatever you put your life worth in, this is what you will, basically, God will, either you say to God, your will be done, and God's, <laughs> you will get to the world that God planned, or God will say to you, your will be done, because that's how you lived your life, and that's what you want. God will not disregard our opinion. And so people who get to hell are people who never wanted God to be in control. But that is people who always said, I have, I want to have, I want to be in control. I want to have that's, everything. That's, that's where, the, where the ego comes from. But I also think that, you know, when we think about heaven, heaven or hell, 
we think about realms like are like <laughs> not necessarily physical realms like this, but for me, like you can you can hell is here, heaven is here, they're both here. So when it comes to like the karmic cycle, life will give you the lessons, and the lessons will repeat themselves over and over and over again until you allow yourself to realize that you have no control. When you let go of control, that's when you can see them below, and that's when you can actually transcend. But they're still going to repeat themselves. And I don't, I, I don't know if this is correct information, but I, I saw a video on the internet or something like that about reincarnation, for example, that said that uh, the Bible actually, before 1200, the Christians believed in reincarnation, and then after that they didn't. So I'm always confused about that. And for me, reincarnation always makes sense because there's always, and I can see it within my own life, that there's always cycle being repeated for me. And I understand that I am human. I understand that I am in this plane of existence. But I have always seen life as, 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 a, as a school, something for there to teach me where I need to relinquish control, to teach me where are the aspects of life where I'm not trusting uh, the universe or things like that. So... I mean, I personally, in this life, I've been to hell many times. And when I was in hell, it's, and I, I can tell you, two weeks ago, I was, or this Friday, I was in hell. That was hell. Because I realized that I had been suffering for such a long time because I was trying to control things which I have no control over. Once I let them go and that gratitude overtook me, that's when I was like, okay, I see now. Thank you. Thank you, because really, that's all there was to say. I'm not trying to control it. I'm not. It, it happened. But look where I am now. Look, look what I have now. I'm not living there anymore. I'm not, you know, suffering from those things anymore. And a lot of things that came up as well was my experience in the U.S., like a feeling unworthy of a shadow because I, I, I did live there illegally, and it made me feel like, you know, blaming, like, why can I not be like everyone else why cannot have all these things why why do i not feel worthy why and it was like i was trying to cling to that okay it happened look where you are now look at the impact that you can have in the people around you now look at the lessons that it taught you now you have the courage to actually try to push to help people in the situations and for them to never go through that ever again that's what drives you that why that that from like a, a place of love and compassion towards others mm. i think that is the greatest force for us to actually do change in our life so i'm completely grateful because i have that passion now so it's like thank you yeah yeah exactly so i don't exactly know uh, i don't have the information either about what exactly christians for the 12th century believed in i but i absolutely agree heaven and hell the idea that we have nowadays about, you know, heaven being this whatever cloudy place and, you know, everything is gold and light <laughs> and we'll play on harps. That's actually a pagan idea. This is something that was adopted by Christianity here in Europe and then spread because apparently it was a good idea. But it's actually has nothing to do. When the Bible talks about heaven and hell, it's talking in images. And it's not talking about physical places. And I mean, the message that Jesus had was the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is something that is in this world, 
but it's not from this world. It's something that is transcendent from this world, but it is accessible part to of you. Here. Exactly. And I think one key to the kingdom of heaven, I believe, is gratitude. And so that's why I think it was really great that we could talk about this here today. I am very thankful that you listened to us. <laughs> and I'm very grateful too. <laughs> <laughs> so again, just leave a comment down below if you have a thought yourself about the topic of gratitude. We will respond to it. We'll try to <laughs> respond to it as well. Yeah, great. And see you next time. See you. <laughs>